the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to What's the Score? A series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. And now, here's Christopher Hart, Rich Jekyll, and Lucy Polito. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score? The show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And boy, do we ever have the winning combination back in action for you today because the award-winning, the first award-winning volunteer at SCORE, Rich Jekyll is back in the seat today. How are you doing today, Rich? Hello, Christopher. Eat your heart out. (laughs) And, of course, we have the other award winner from SCORE, and with us today, also, Lucy Polito. Hey, Lucy, how you doing? I am terrific, and now that I am with Rich, I mean, how good can it get? Much <laughs> better. Uh, that's right. And I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show, but of course, this show is all about SCORE and everything that SCORE has to offer for all entrepreneurs nationwide. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, we focus on what's going on here locally but SCORE is a nationwide organization, nonprofit organization. You can find their national website at SCORE.org, and they got a lot of great stuff there. Tell them about the uh, documents that you can find at SCORE.org, Rich. Oh, yeah, my God. Uh, you know, everybody uh, frets and, and worries about doing a business plan, and it's one of the banes of starting your business that, <laughs> oh, my God, i got to do a business plan, and, You think it's got to be the size of a telephone book, and it doesn't. It only needs to be about 10 pages. Well, most of that business plan has reports in it, sections, like uh, your profit and loss section or your marketing section or uh, your sales section, your operations section. All these documents you can find for free if you go to our national website, which is score.org. And you go up there and you can look up, number one, they have over 500 sample business plans. So you can find one that's similar to what you're trying to do. And number two, they have copies or examples of every section of that business plan that you can download for your own use. So, uh, you got to change the wording, et cetera, et cetera. But other than that, I mean, it's all there. So you can put all 10 sections there and get it done all. And, and it's all on the, uh, you just add your own information to it. So it's templates. Very, very, very easy to do. And not many people know about it. So that's why they're very reluctant, hesitant to do a business plan. All right. So once again, all of that available at score.org and at no charge to you. And then, of course, you have the local website where you'll find everything going on here locally. And Score's always got something going on here, whether it's the Coffee with the Leader presentations or their normal 
seminar schedule and everything you'll find at orlando.score.org. That's orlando.score.org. And please do sign up for the excellent newsletter while you are there. And I would I don't throw that word excellent around loosely uh, because this really is a really well put together and up-to-date newsletter. So if you really want to know everything SCORE's got going on and everything you need to know in the business world, go to orlando.score.org. Now, of course, they also have a great mentorship program. And if you'd like to speak to someone personally, you can call them at 407-420-4844. If you call during normal business hours, you'll get a person actually answer the phone. Or if they're tied up with a client or something, they'll call you right back as soon as they're freed up. And if you call during the off hours, of course, you can leave a message and they'll call you as soon as the next business day comes around. That's 407 407- Four two zero four eight four four. And Lucy, are we still on schedule to open up? Uh, go ahead. Yes, that was what I was, go- I was going to mention. That we are on schedule to open June fifteenth or thereabouts. And so we will be open only, I think, three days in a week. But this is a beginning of what we hope will be our usual business. So uh, you can call us, of course, always. But we certainly would love to see you in person. So come on by and, and say hello. We that, haven't seen you in a year and a half, I think, uh, or forever. I can't even remember. From about 10 to 3, I think they're open, right? <laughs> yeah, to- correct. From 10 in the morning till 3. To 3 in the afternoon. And so these will be the initial open hours. And, of course, we'll be looking to expand those to back to regular normal office hours. But when we say open, we mean at the Orlando Entrepreneur Center, where they have other offices with other great organizations as well, one of them being NABO. And uh, that is uh, located at the Orlando Fashion Square on the west end, just off of McGuire there. So that's the uh, National Entrepreneur Center, and it's good to see everybody back in action. And uh, Jerry Ross, is he going to be uh, coming in regularly? Do we know? Yes, yes. In fact, he's uh, he's very anxious for us to open up the office, uh, wow. and we are we're doing this somewhat because we know that uh, we're the ones who bring in a lot of clients. Uh, so the office has to be open, and so Jerry has really been helping us to make that decision. And, of course, Jerry is the director of the National Entrepreneur Center. And you heard me mention that there are other organizations there as well, one of them being NABO, that's the National Association of Women Business Owners. And we just so happen to have somebody from NABO with us today, but she's going to be talking about a lot more than NABO. But I'd like to welcome to the show Karen Pilat. Karen, thanks for being with us today. Hi, I'm so happy to be with you today. All right. Well, we appreciate it. And you've not been on the show before, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That is correct. This is my first time. Okay. She exhibited good judgment in the past. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Rich, be nice to her. <laughs> what <okay>? happened, right? <laughs> well, the way we like to start off things is to find out a little bit about the person themselves. So tell us a little about yourself. Where are you from? And how did you get to where you are? Sure. Well, I am actually a fifth generation Floridian. Wow. You are one rare bird. I'm telling you what. That is right. Yes. I'm sorry. What was that, Rich? Let me get my camera. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I am a rare bird. Let me get my autograph book. (laughs) Yeah, really. 
I am. Yeah. So, so that's, that's where it all started here in Florida. Grew up here. Um, and, you know, uh, chose Orlando way back in 1990 and have been here ever since. Um, uh, once I got through my school years, I actually went to school here in Florida as well. At, uh, Florida Southern College was my undergrad degree. And um, oh, pardon me, what and was that? I started in the insurance industry and I rose the ranks there up to the senior leadership team with a Fortune 100 insurance company. And um, then just about... Gosh, it's been about 12 years ago now. I jumped without a parachute, as they say sometimes, and started my own mediation business, which has since evolved into uh, not just uh, mediation, but specifically focused on the workplace. And it has actually evolved into training. Um, I do a lot more executive coaching and leadership development um, than mediation, even at this point. I take it you use your experience mediating to advise now. I do. Yeah. The mediation, any mediation I do at this point is not litigated. It's all very proactive about um, making the relationships better within the workplace for the, for the individual as well, well as the organization. I want to go back just a second. What were your, you said you got an undergraduate degree at Florida Southern and did you go further than that as well? And what was that degree in? I did. I did at Florida Southern. I got a communications degree with minors in business and sociology. And then I went on later, um, many years after I had my children, um, to get my MBA. And then I also got a master's in dispute resolution, as well as a master's certification in executive and organizational coaching. Okay. Well, now it makes sense for you to uh, gotten right into mediation. I was wondering how you got the background uh, to do that sort of thing. And um, so you're based here in Central Florida. Did I catch that? You did. Right here in Orlando is home for me. Okay. And now, uh, what's the your name? The name of your business now is Perspectives. Is that right? It is. Uh huh. Perspectives US LLC. And can, do you have a website or uh, social presence people can find you while we're discussing sure, things? Go ahead. Yes, absolutely. They can get me at at PerspectivesLLC.com is my website. And they can absolutely reach out to me through the website. Um, and then you can find me on LinkedIn, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Pilot, P-E-L-O-T, on LinkedIn. And um, Perspectives has a business account on Instagram and Twitter as well, Perspectives oh. LLC. Okay. Why Perspectives? Uh, is that come, once again, from your experience? It actually is. It came, it, and it came late. I started off as Karen Pilat Mediations, and then about probably about four years ago, um, got tired of explaining to people that we're not. I'm not a lawyer, and it's not a law firm. And and really took a step back to think about. So, what is it? If I had to really encompass what is it that I do? Um, what we do at Perspective is help our client, first off, gain objective perspectives about their current situation, um, whether it's an individual um, looking to do better in specific situations or a situation of conflict or a, um, a, an entire organization or leadership team that needs to, to find a way to get better results, get new results. So first the first and foremost thing is to gain an objective perspective of where you are 
but ultimately shift perspective to where you want to be and how you want to get there. So that's how I chose the name Perspectives. Okay. Well, we're coming up on a break, so we'll take that. And when we come back, we'll be discussing more about Perspectives. And Karen has uh, some pitfalls advice uh, to provide uh, some pitfalls to avoid and how to avoid them for small businesses. And then uh, we'll find out what's going on at NABO, right? What's your position at NABO real quick? So I am a NABO member. I am a former NABO board member. I was the I uh, one of the directors and membership chair. Um, but my tenure there actually ended just about a year ago. So, But I'm still an active member and very um, close with all the current and incoming board members at NABO. Okay. All right. All right. And once again, that's the National Association of Women Business Owners. But in the meantime, we're speaking with Karen Palat of Perspectives. That's PerspectivesLLC.com. If you want to go there while we'll take a break, and we'll be right back with more of What's the Score? back we are what's the score and we want to thank you for listening and telling your friends and family about the show we really do appreciate that i am christopher hart along with great volunteers at score lucy polito and rich jakel and our guest today karen palat of perspectives that's perspectives llc.com and karen you were just talking about how you are a like an executive coach and and perspectives you know, handling particular situations in organizations. And have you seen over the last year, like uh, a dramatic increase in your business? It would seem to me that with the changing circum- sudden change of circumstances, somebody like you might have been in high demand. Yes, it's it actually did. It took a little while because, you know, it took a while for corporate and and government entities to figure out how do we do this? What do we do now? Um, Immediately, like a lot of other businesses, my business went from quite busy to nothing from Friday to Monday, right? Sure. With contracts canceling and being postponed. But by about September, you know, corporations and agencies started figuring out, well, we can do this. We still can do strategic planning. We still can go through executive coaching. We still can um, um, further develop our leadership teams and help them work more successfully together. And we've done it online, just like, you know, the rest of the world. So learning how to read body language from a square and, and from the shoulders up has proven challenging, but certainly doable. And uh, so we have carried on. And, and in, in reality, my business is booming right now. So it's, it's a good spot to be. Uh, no doubt. Rich, I see you nodding your head. Good. Yeah, I was just checking, uh, you know, what she thought of Lucy's body language. <laughs> she, she she looked a little bored just then yeah. <laughs> how about that rich i don't know what that face meant uh, <laughs> um now did the the nature of your your say the the issues that you were dealing with change 
because of the once again the dramatic change in circumstances, or was it still sort of the same issues, but now you're having to deal with them with a new format? Um, I would say that situational conflict, workplace conflict dropped because when we're not in the same room with each other and getting on each other's nerves um, all the time, that the distracting conflict, um, that reduced. So I did very little actual conflict resolution over the last year. Um, But the need for planning and leadership development and, um, and not only succession planning, but um, for individuals planning their next step. Um, That's still, that's still there, you know, executives and high potential leaders are still looking for how to continue to climb, how to continue to grow. What do they have to do to expand their skills and capacities so that they're even more attractive and more valuable to their workplaces or the next workplace? Have you seen an increase in exit strategies at all? Um, I have actually, I, I have, in fact, three of my clients that were very happily looking to advance within the corporation that they were in and had been with for 10, 15 years, um, started looking all of a sudden started thinking that maybe this isn't it for me. Maybe, you know, it kind of feels like I've hit a ceiling here. So I'm looking for my strategy to move on, to jump. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, now when you hesitated there, were you about to say, Rich, that is an excellent question? <laughs> no. <laughs> I she wasn't, knows. but I'll try really hard next time. <laughs> uh, she, right. she knows better. Karen Pilat, our guest of Perspectives, that's PerspectivesLLC.com. So I, I take it that you try to get to people before they're in trouble, right? In other words, before they have an issue and you have to come in and sort of sort it all out. Is that the ideal situation to get to people first? It is. Ideally, being proactive, it is, it's, it's better for the individual. It's better for the organization to, to hit things when the things first start going south before they really become damaging to anyone involved. Um, I still do get involved when it's reached a critical mass. Um, but thankfully, uh, I, I, what I'm seeing is leaders today in our world are, are really starting to understand the, the damage that happens through the distraction, lack of productivity, losing good people because they're unhappy and they, and they really are trying to get ahead of it. Okay. Some, what are some of the things that, uh, okay, I see Lucy has a question. Go ahead, Lucy. I was just curious. What is the most common problem that you see companies encounter? And what are the major solutions that you provide in these cases? I would say one of the, mo- the most common, regardless of size of company. Okay, so we, we can exclude solopreneurs from this one. But once a company starts having employees or has, you know, a number of people involved um, in the organization, right on up to giant government agencies, 
um, the most common issue is a lack of clarity with regard to roles, responsibilities, and accountability. And when that lack of clarity is there in those three areas, the organization is completely ripe for confusion and conflict. And it's almost impossible to, to take their vision into reality be, when there's that lack of clarity. And, and not being crystal clear on what everyone's role is, how it ties to the mission, um, how, how those roles are also connected to the values of the company, who's accountable for what and what their specific expectations are, things go off the railroad track. And, and sadly, companies, companies get to a certain level without needing those, right? When I'm, wearing, when I'm wearing my own hat and I've got maybe two or three people and we all wear different hats and we trade back and forth, that will carry you for a while. But every company will hit that place in the road where what got you here won't get you there. And you have got to grab the reins with more clarity for roles, responsibility, accountability, and expectations. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because that is something that I have seen very frequently, especially in small or medium-sized companies. Uh, usually, if a person starts a company, obviously, let's say he or she owns the company, they hate to give it up some of their, you know, a lot of what they've created, they don't want to give it up to somebody else. And that's where I see a lot of smaller companies really fail because they don't want to share and they don't want to teach uh, some other people afraid, I guess, of losing control or something. So it's interesting that you would say that. And it's true even in large, large companies. Yes, that's actually a really common phenomenon too, because we, we promote people into leadership. We become leaders when we start our own business. And as leaders within business, we promote other people because they're experts at a specific thing, right? They're really good at their job. So we put them in a leadership position, assuming that they'll make the people under them really good at that same job too. And it, and it can be incredibly difficult for that new leader to delegate, to learn how to delegate. And the truth is what their role is now as a leader is completely different than what it was as a frontline performer, you know, actually carrying out the day-to-day operations. So it's a very common thing. That is. And that, you know, that brings me to a, think that that's like a type of class that we at SCORE ought to be thinking about to provide a lot of our clients, because that is a major problem that I see very, very often. Yep. 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 Very, very common. I went through it with our company. The same thing. We, uh, we uh, had a, a computer consulting business and we grew it from about 16 million and we uh, got to the point where we were hitting almost a hundred million uh, within a year or two, wow. and so we really grew quickly. Mm-hmm. But we stopped. We just flat stopped. The three of us, uh, we couldn't get the CEO, who was the founder, to move. I mean, he couldn't let go of some of the strings. Yep, that's the problem. Yeah, that's right. I've seen it in everything from, you know, uh, aerospace engineering, manufacturing to CPA firms that have have 
grown to the point that they have got to do things differently and that the person sitting on the top, it's too uncomfortable for them. They're just not ready or aren't, or aren't recognizing that at this point, they're actually holding it back. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's amazing that exactly. you know, they're the founders, but they can't let go. They're just so afraid to letting go. Yeah. All right. Well, in about another minute or so, we're going to have to go to a break. But in the meantime, if you are concerned that perhaps you've reached that level in your business or want to be looking out for some of the signs, I guess, uh, as you approach it, you can contact Karen Pilot at PerspectivesLLC.com. That's PerspectivesLLC.com. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about some of the things to look out for and how to avoid them, perhaps. And uh, once again, uh, please do go to Orlando.score.org while you're plowing around the web there and sign up for the excellent newsletter. That's Orlando.score.org. And don't forget, middle of June, they're going to reopen over at the National Entrepreneur Center in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall where SCORE has their offices. So for three days a week from 10 to 3, you'll actually be able to go in and sit down and consult with someone in the office there. So uh, we'll stay on top of that for you. But in the meantime, please sign up for the newsletter at Orlando.SCORE.org. And you can call somebody still at 407-420-4844 for SCORE. So we'll take a break and come right back with more of What's the SCORE? We're back. We're What's the Score? And we want to thank you once again for tuning in. We really do appreciate that. All right, Rich Jekyll and Lucy Polito, award-winning volunteers at SCORE, are, of course, here along with myself, Christopher Hart, and our guest today, Karen Palat of Perspectives. That's PerspectivesLLC.com. And we're talking about uh, uh, executive coaching issues and some of the things that uh, businesses, as they grow, they evolve to a point where things that uh, perhaps worked out before in terms of organization don't work out anymore. Are there certain things to look out for, Karen, when that you know that moment begins to approach? Um, yeah, I, th- I think what you'll what leaders can they'll know it by the tension in the workplace, and they'll start losing their talent. They'll, they'll start, it'll start being more difficult to keep good talent and the people that you felt like were really part of your team will suddenly find another opportunity and, and the tension levels rise because people get really, really frustrated, um, by, by that lack of clarity that I was mentioning before. So I, I'd say that's the most back. common thing. Mm-hmm. What's that rich? They're holding them back and that's what they're, they're frustrated. Mm-hmm. In essence, that's what it boils down to Karen. They feel like yeah, they're being helped. I'd say, I, I'd say, I'd say that that's probably going to be their first recognition that that their vision is not translating to um, goal achieving action, and the reason for that is because there are missing components between that person's vision and what what he believes should be happening, and the actual daily operations. So when there when there are gaps there. Problems, serious problems begin to arise. Okay. Um, 
what what are some things, some common things that a uh, small business person should try to avoid uh, as they're getting to that point? Yeah, well, so if um, once they've get, gotten to that point, um, I think that I think that I've got I've got three tips I should say three pitfalls that really I think apply regardless of um, what stage you're in, and the first one is. Um, making an incorrect assumption that what got you here will get you there. And that's exactly what we've been talking about. Um, But also from a new entrepreneur standpoint, um, you know, because you have a great passion, because you were very successful as an employee somewhere, oftentimes, and I can use myself as an example here, we think that it's going to be easy when we hop out and decide to start our own business because we've already been successful and we have this great passion for what we're going to do. And the truth is the skills that made you successful as an employee are very different from the skills that will ultimately make you successful as an entrepreneur. And I, I had to learn that. That was kind of a rude awakening for me as a successful corporate leader in a very large company. You know, I was a great communicator. I was great at motivating people and and taking my vision and, and, and making it operational. But when it was just me and I was the whole team and now I was my finance manager, my sales manager, my marketing manager, and I was handling the clients, that was a very huge adjustment for me. And what's really sad, I didn't know about score. Yeah, that is sad. <laughs> could have saved yourself a lot. About score. So what got you here won't get you there. And then the second thing is saying yes to really too many things or saying yes to the wrong things when you're an entrepreneur. You've really got to guard your time and make sure you are investing it wisely in your business and in the state of your business. So, and what I really mean by that, and this again, I'll use myself as an example, um, networking can become a full-time job. Saying yes to every lunch date, saying yes to every coffee invitation, saying going out and, and, and trying out every association in the area and joining all the associations and trying to keep up with their memberships, that, that can become, and I had to learn this myself, very overall consuming with very little benefit to actually growing your business. So I'd say be very particular, do your homework, go where your clients are. And, and, and go to places where you can really have a benefit of learning something you need to learn or gaining some mentorship that you need to have rather than saying yes to everything and everyone. And then finally is neglecting your own well-being. And this is whether you are the executive of a Fortune 100 company or a solopreneur. I'm going to give you my solopreneur advice. What do we do? We sleep too little. We sit at the desk too long. We don't give our mind, body, and spirit the attention that they have to have to ultimately carry us to success. I see you nodding your head there, Rich. Oh, yeah. I used to have the problem that uh, I was at my desk too long, but I was sleeping. <laughs> well, that I guess, problem stays with you, however. I guess that's what can happen <laughs> if you're at That's what it can happen if you're at your desk too long, yeah. right? All right. Right, Karen? Uh, right. Yeah, it can happen. Your legs can go numb. All kinds of bad things happen. Like quite quite literally, and it sounds so basic. But, but you know, what do we humans do? Especially when it's our baby, we're trying to grow to something to fruition here. 
You know, we say, I'll take care of me later. I'll eat later. I'll sleep later. I'll go out and get some movement later. But the truth is, if we stay hydrated, if we pay attention to our nutrition, if we get up and move at least every two hours, then we'll have the stamina that we need to really carry our business on to success. So it's, I think it's the very first thing we neglect. Um, and it is, and it is, I would submit the most important thing to keep your mind sharp, to keep you creative, to give you that ability to problem solve that you are going to need day in and day out. You know, that's a very important message for a uh, self-proprietor, for sure, or a very small business, because they, you know, these are people who have a dream and have invested some time and money in whatever it is they're trying to do. And they can't, they think they can't afford to take that 10, 20 minutes that it may require for them to just kind of clear their head and do something else. And that's a very, very strong message, very important message that many people don't know how to take. They really don't. It's true. It is true. It's assumption like I don't have time. I just need to keep I need to keep going with this. I need to finish this. When in reality, if they'd let their brain shift off for a few minutes and and get some nutrition and get some hydration and get up out of that chair and move around, they'll come back and it'll be really obvious. And they'll and they'll get through that next stage so much more quickly, so much more effectively than if they sit there and try to trudge through for the next two hours without moving. Yeah, the word. The way I fixed that uh, when I got in, in in that thing there was that uh, I moved my beer cooler to the other side of the office. <laughs> so I had to get up and move over there. Right. And that really helped. Yeah. Really helped. You know what? That is an idea that I hadn't like, I hadn't considered that one yet. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I do silly things like well, set an alarm. You well, know, yeah. this is my friend. I set an alarm. I'm going to work on this for 90 minutes. And see how far I get, and then I'm going to move. And I literally put uh, breaks on my calendar. I put my workout on my calendar to make sure that I do it. But hey, Uh, next time I'll think about moving the beer cooler. There you go. I'll put that in your book of knowledge. Yes, Rich comes from the babe. Rich comes from the Babe Ruth era when you can do stuff like that. And all, hot dogs. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, though, you, it. It, it does kind of remind me of you. You kind of have to have a bit of an athlete's mindset here that your body needs to be at tip top, you know, performance level for, you know, your business and to, you know, to be at a tip top level. I love that you just use that word athlete, because that's exactly what I tell my clients that you have to be. If, if it's a corporate client, you have to be a corporate athlete. You have got to treat this like you're training, you know, for a marathon. And what do they do? They take breaks. They stay hydrated. They stay nutrition, you know, stay, just keep their nourishment uh, regular instead of, you know, experiencing spikes. And the same holds true probably, you know, as Lucy pointed out a minute ago, even more so for the solopreneur and that small business that's getting started, because that pressure is all right here. There is no team to help you. So that false sense that I've got to just stick with it rather than switching to that really corporate athlete, entrepreneurial athlete mindset. Once again, we're speaking with Karen Pilat, 
and perspectivesllc.com is where you can contact her and go and check out the website. That's perspectives. You spell it just like it normally spelled, perspectivesllc.com. And, uh, and once again, if you feel like you need her assistance, your, your organization is getting to the point where you're beginning to see some tension in the office there, beginning to feel it yourself, um, she's the person to talk to to help you sort all of that out and see things f- from a different perspective because that's really what it's about is helping pe- you know people see things l- differently from sort of the, the where they've been, as you said, where they were before and where they have to be to go forward. So you got sometimes you got to change that perspective to give you a different vision of the playing field, more or less, to use once again that athlete analogy there. So you can contact Karen at perspectivesllc.com. And while you're on the web, once again, please go to orlando.score.org, sign up for the excellent newsletter. You'll know what's going on with the Coffee with a Leader presentations, and you'll see other things that SCORE is up to as well. And it's a great newsletter. They really do a fine job with this newsletter at orlando.score.org. And once again, don't forget, the doors will open again in mid-June at the National Entrepreneur Center right there in downtown Orlando at McGuire and Colonial, the Orlando Fashion Square on the West End. A lot of great things will be happening there. So uh, put that on your calendar as well. And if you'd like to call somebody in the meantime, 407-420-4844 is the number for SCORE, 407-420-4844. And please, please go to Facebook and like Rich (laughs) there at SCORE Orlando on Facebook. So he'll really appreciate that when you do it. All right. You might even see me there at the Entrepreneur Center. That's right. You just might. Trying to get Lucy to wake up. In the meantime, we'll be back with more of What's the Score? Okay, we are back. We are What's the Score, and we are on the radio, and you can be too, ladies and gentlemen. All you have to do is contact the great folks here at Salem Media Group Orlando, the phone number 407-618-1760, and they can get your message to many, many people here in Central Florida real easily and real affordably. That's 407-618-1760. Get your message to a mass audience by utilizing traditional radio or with Salem Surround. They can also help you with your social media platforms and coordinate it all together into a nice package to be most effective for you. So once again, call here, Salem Media Group Orlando at 407-618-1760 and find out how very easy it is to be on the radio. As a matter of fact, it's so easy even Rich and I can put together a show like this and last over five years, right, Rich? Oh, my God. <laughs> we, we dodged the censors on that one. All right. That, of course, is Rich Jekyll of SCORE along with Lucy Polito of SCORE. I am Christopher Hart. Our guest today, Karen Palat. And, Karen, uh, earlier in the show, uh, Rich asked uh, an excellent question having to do with how about that he ever done that how about that he asked that excellent question because i've got an excellent follow-up for it but it is he asked you if uh you know i or might it might have been lucy but someone asked you you know what 
was the one thing that you saw different, and you said that there's less tension in the offices because people aren't on top of each other, you know, in the same office every day, correct? Yes. So that was sort of a positive thing that you've seen. Uh, the flip side is, is there a negative thing that you've seen more of over the last year and so? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think there's some positives um, and ultimately probably a hybrid. But but the synergy that groups have when they get to sit together and, you know, particularly if it's time to work through a challenging issue and uh, come up with some new ideas, that energy, that creativity of having the team together um, you just can't beat it. And you can't feel that over Zoom. And, you know, Zoom is exhausting. It wears out your eyes and all that. Um, but there's just, I'd say the downside is while specifically productivity may not have been lost, I think there are a lot of arguments right now that people are quite productive despite. I think that level of camaraderie, um, that ability to build relationships when it's not intense, when you're not focused on a meeting agenda, goes a long way to the unity and success and longevity of a team as well. And we're missing that. We're missing that right now. Are you going to be advising people going forward to try to have some sort of both ways? In other words, have your offices meet several times a week or something and where you can hash out particular things or or uh, you, you see yeah, what I'm trying I, to fish for I, here? Go ahead. Yeah, I, I really do. I, I I have become a big proponent of the hybrid. I, there was a time I would have thought what I do would be ineffective in this uh, platform, but it turns out it can be very effective. Um, and it's a great time saver and it's a great cost reducer when we're not flying people all over the place you know, every week, every month to be face-to-face to get together. If you're not flying me in all the time um, to see you. And I think even the largest corporations are realizing, um, of course, a, a cost savings, but they're also realizing they can trust their employees maybe to be productive at home more so than they ever thought before. Um, I know the industry I was in, the whole working from home was absolutely not. We can't see you. We won't know what you, we won't be able to track what you're doing. Um, my husband is a, is a senior leader at Lockheed Martin. Same thing. You know, working was home, from home was a no-no, a, a big, big rarity. And he's in finance and they're not even talking about bringing them back to the office yet. So uh, ultimately, we need time with our team. We need to be able to get together. We just don't need 100% of the time with our team. So it, having a, having the ability to, to be together, you know, a couple of days a month for local people is great. Um, depends on your business. If you're a manufacturing business, your people obviously have to be there every day because they're running the assembly lines. But in so many other businesses, I think we're all realizing, and I think down the road, that new normal that we used to talk about, that we're going to reach a new normal. I think that new normal is going to be a really great hybrid of crisis, of a pandemic, and the old, very top-down, restrictive, kind of untrusting um, type of business we ran before. Rich, I see you nodding your head. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I couldn't agree more that uh, we've got to have some interaction to understand human emotion and feelings of the team that we're dealing with. 
uh, it can't all be through this Zoom thing because it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> like that look that you just gave me. Uh, <clears throat> you can't do it, uh, it without getting close to a person and understanding this is what she says she's saying, but that's not what she really means. Yeah, the words and the actual, you know, what's really going on are not congruent. And it's very hard right. to tell that right here. And it and it's there, there's just nothing like when a team is really grooving together too. that energy and that excitement when they've solved a problem they're they've gotten to the end of a project, you know, or something's going well, they reach a milestone, that ability to celebrate together and, and, and enjoy that energy together. We need to be able to retain that. We just don't have to have it hundred percent of the time because, you know, the hardest thing for people is to get along because we all come in, we all have different personality types, different conflict styles, and we get thrown in together. And what I do drives you crazy and what you do drives me crazy. Um, and, and and eventually, hopefully, we start to learn how to, to, to mesh and mold, which is, by the way, exactly what I teach my, my uh, clients to do, to uh, take the different styles and get the best out of everyone as a team. But um, we can't do it staring into a camera like this. Yeah. Just- and that, I think, is the difficult thing, that you really don't get to see how people perform in the, in the moment of conflict, for instance. You know, if Rich and I are fighting right now, you really don't know what's going on, what caused it behind the scenes. So it, it's very interesting, all of the things that are coming up now as a result of Zoom. Well, yeah. Like- it would seem really to need her counseling badly. It would, it would seem to me too that uh, aside of having to deal with any conflicts, that it's very difficult to develop that team spirit when yeah. everybody's in a remote location. Uh, you know, you just kind of have to have that one-on-one, the high five, and all that sort of thing to develop that real team spirit. You can take it away then with you, but you still have to be able to to have the team together to really have a team. My opinion. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, no, I'm with you. And there's something um, psychologically for us humans, too, when we have the opportunity to break bread together, even if it's just at the break room table, you know, for 15 minutes, there's something that switches in our brains and enables us to to collaborate, see each other's perspectives plug for my company, um, a little more clearly. There's something about just that ability, sitting down and having some kind of meal or snack over conversation with people. Um, In fact, in the Japanese culture, they don't do big business deals without having everyone at a meal. It's an integral part of the process because it helps open you up to the other person's perspective and really feel more connected and like you can trust what that person is presenting to you. So yeah. my brother, my brother was in Japan for a while and he said, you know, when it's, you know, when you're the, the meeting's going good because they keep bringing more food, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's bad when they say, okay, that's it. It's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're out of there. So, anyway, yeah. Yeah. But they'll, they'll keep feeding you literally all night long. And right, if it's going well, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yep. And of course, they have the food. It's it's very well figured out, so that you're not getting too stuffed along the way. It's it's quite amazing. Little small portions, exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, once again, Karen Palat, PerspectivesLLC.com. You can contact her there, 
And don't forget those uh, three pitfalls to avoid. And that is that as you grow a business, don't assume that what worked when it was a small business is going to work when you have lots of employees. And being an entrepreneur ain't all that easy. It's going to be a lot of work, but it can be fun, too. But don't neglect yourself along the way. Did I hit the highlights there? You did. Say yes to the best things, not to everything, right? There you go. There you go. And he actually paid attention. I'm proud of him. I take notes. All right. So uh, once again, Karen Pilot, PerspectivesLLC.com is where you can contact her. And that uh, is a great uh, organization that she has. And you need to take advantage of it as your business grows. And while you're at the website there, please, or the, on the web, please go to Orlando.score.org. Sign up for the newsletter. We would really appreciate it. You got some great events coming up with the Coffee with a Leader series, of course, the regu- regular educational programming and their mentorship programming. And Rich, we went through almost a whole show without you telling everybody how much all this stuff at Score costs to them. Oh my goodness, how did we, after five years, <laughs> I neglected to use the F word. Almost got out of here without you doing it, but... Holy cow. Well, excuse my use of the F word, but all these significant benefits that you're hearing about are free. The big <laughs> F word. <laughs> there it is. You had Karen worried there for a minute, but that's right. You've seen her body language there. <laughs> Absolutely no charge to you, whether it be the mentorship program where there's never been a charge. The educational programs are all at no charge as well right now, thanks to some great sponsorships. And by the way, if you would like to be a sponsor of SCORE, maybe a volunteer, or maybe just make some donations, just go to Orlando.score.org. We really would appreciate that. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Karen, thanks for being with us. It's been great talking with you. Thank you so much. Thanks, I had so much fun. Thank you. All right. oh, so did we. Good deal. That was fun. All right. Okay. As I said, that's going to wrap it up for us. So make sure you tell your friends and family about the show because we will be back next week with more of What's the Score.